Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today, we continue with our Lenten series on the Lord's Supper. Tonight's emphasis is on the words of institution. So, where is this written? Last week, I told you that our Lord was very particular. He chose to have written before us from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul the words of which he used to institute the very sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper. And by it, he gave his very last will and testament to his church on earth. Because these words do not come to us at just any time in Jesus' life. They come to us at the time on the night in which he was betrayed by one of his own. It comes on the night in which he was to go and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane and then be greeted with the kiss of Judas and a bunch of soldiers ready to take him off as if he was a hardened criminal. And then they do. They drag him before a court, finding two people eventually to testify against him. And then he is drugged before Pontius Pilate and then crucified, died, and buried. So, these words come to us at such an important time at Jesus' life that we must consider them as his last will and testament, instituting this new covenant in his blood for the forgiveness of sins. Last week, I told you that these words are very clear. Jesus is truly present with his body and his blood, in, with, and under the bread and the wine. For no other reason than because Jesus himself said so. We don't need to go anywhere else in Scripture. Well, tonight is also very similar. None of us need to make things of our own mind or invention about what the Lord's Supper is. Because Jesus, with these words, clearly gives it to us. And repeats it, just in case we thought we didn't get it the first time. But I want you to imagine something, because even though... We are not going to pervert or twist these words. We are going to read them as Christ gave them. It is not so amongst all of Christendom. There are church bodies all over that try different ways, as I have mentioned before. But today I want you to consider this. How important are these words of institution to us? And I guess as the rest of this Lenten series goes on, it will only become more important But I want you to, for a second, whether you close your eyes or not, I don't care, but I want you to imagine something, okay? I want you to imagine that you never heard the words of institution before in your life. So ignore them. Put them out of your mind. You can't use them, okay? And then I want you to picture yourself being in a closed, soundproof room with only a window to the front of this altar. And a pastor walks you into this room, at the beginning of the service, and says there will come a point in time where there will be a man at the front of this church and he will begin to do things with the linens and everything on the altar. I want you to pay careful attention to that moment in time. And I am going to ask you at the end of this service what that symbolized, what that meant, or maybe they don't even use the word symbolized. I just want to know what that means, that event. So you go through the entire service, and it finally gets to this point. This man comes out in this robe and starts messing with linens on the altar, and he picks up something that looks like 
a flat wafer of some kind. It's probably bread, but you don't know for sure. And then he goes on and, and he starts to pour some liquid in this ornate chalice. And you say, what in the world is going on? And then a little bit later, he holds it up both in the air. And again, soundproof room, you've heard nothing. This event is just unfolding. And then people start to come forward and they kneel before the altar and the pastor starts handing these things to him and to each of these people. So at the end, you've seen it all concluded and the pastor comes in and he gathers you up again and says, what does this mean to you? What was he doing? Now remember, you've never had the words of institution. You have no idea. What sort of responses do you think people are going to say? I mean, how ridiculous does that look? What are they doing? They're, they're, they're kind of like sharing a meal. Something's kind of weird going on there. But I mean, it looked like they were all treating it with respect. Uh, but what was going on? I have no idea. And then the pastor says to you, well, why did they give it? Well, I don't know. You know, it looks like some kind of social event. I mean, maybe they're all just, you know, getting together for this meal. And that's how they, you know, share the love with one another. Right? You can't, you can't fathom the amount of different responses that you're going to get if I went to each and every one of you without the words of institution and asked you what this meant. So how important are these words? They're really important. They make or break what the Lord's Supper is. And, and in the end here, I'm going to have you read these words of institution and you're going to see with me how many questions you can answer about the Lord's Supper from just these words. I'm going to show you that you don't have to go anywhere else in Scripture to find out what the Lord's Supper is and who should receive it and how it should be given. So, I want you to open your hymnals. So go to page 197 in your hymnal. In the Burgundy Hymnal. Page 197. You're going to see that these are the words of the Lord. And we are going to read them together. Beginning, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. All right, so answer these questions for me. I told you this text was perfectly clear last week. So tell me, who is giving this supper? Jesus Christ is giving this supper. What is being given in this supper? His body and blood. Where is it found in this supper? In the bread and wine. Very good. You guys are on the roll. Okay. Who should receive it? The disciples of Christ. The disciples of Christ. Those who follow after his words. Uh, How should one receive it? 
in thanksgiving, in remembrance. Okay? In what manner should one receive it? What are you supposed to do with it? Yeah, you're supposed to consume it. Don't stare at it and think that you're getting the benefits of it, right? You have to eat it and you have to drink it. Okay? It has to be physically consumed. And what benefits does it give? Forgiveness of sins. Okay, did you have to go anywhere else in Scripture to find those answers to that question? Any of those questions? Nowhere else. All you did was read these words and you could answer every one of those questions. So how important are these words? They are everything to the meaning and the substance of the Lord's Supper. We don't have to go anywhere else, and I can prove it to you. When St. Paul was dealing with the problems in the church in Corinth, and they were mistreating the Lord's Supper, and he, in fact, said that what you are going up to receive is, in fact, not the Lord's Supper. So he said to them, what? I gave to you, I handed over to you what was given to me. And he repeated the Lord's words of institution. That's it. He didn't go to all of these other places of Scripture to say, this is what these words mean. He didn't have to. All he did was go back to what the Lord Jesus Christ revealed to him. And look, did those words change? From what the apostles had witnessed with their eyes on that night, the beloved disciple of of Christ, John and all of those who were elsewhere present next to Jesus, did they have something else different than what Paul had said? Not at all. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul all record this is what happened. Jesus took the bread, said, this is my body, took the cup, said, this is my blood for the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. That's what he does. He gives us these words, and we don't need to look anywhere else. This is his last will and testament. Whether he was on earth or even after he ascended into glory, St. Paul confirms it's the same. Now even think about our civil system. Our civil system. If you make a last will and testament and you find an executor of that will, do they get to change it while you're alive? Do they get to change it after you're dead? You can't touch it. Or else you get taken to court and you are found irresponsible and you are stripped of that honor. The church has no business messing with the words of Christ. It's plain, it's simple. What Jesus said in the words of institution completely define and give to us the blessed supper of his institution, not our own. So here's why this is important. We have to remember that when we are doing all of these things which our Lord Jesus has commanded to us to do, we do them not with inventions of man or with our own thoughts or reason, but we do them according to how the Lord has given them. Because that's where our faith ends up resting. That's how we can know that we are the Lord's disciples. In fact, Jesus has said this, that if you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. That's all we're doing. So I want you to, again, I want you to, again, imagine this, okay? Go back to that soundproof room that you were in earlier, and now the exact same thing has been said to you. 
that there is going to be this event later on in the service where the pastor is going to go up here and he's going to start messing with these linens. And I want you to pay special attention to that. But you can't hear anything. But the only thing given to you is a piece of paper with these words of institution on them. That's it. Now, when that service comes, the service of the sacrament, and you are looking down and you've been staring at these words this whole entire time, and you see the pastor take the bread and then take the cup, and then he starts to distribute it to the people, and these are the only words you have, would you know what was going on? Absolutely. You would 100% know what was going on. Even if you didn't fully understand the mystery, you would have everything you needed to know about the Lord's Supper. That's how important the words of institution are. We don't have to keep going on in places in the rest of the scriptures to prove what our Lord Jesus is saying. We only need to take these words and give them to the people. Not changed, not altered, not in any way We just give them as the Lord gave them. And we insist upon them that this is truly what he means. And there our faith rests. This is our consolation. That we have exactly been given what our Lord intends us to receive. And that which the church then calls people to receive is entirely what Christ gives. So as you go about the rest of this Lenten season, considering Jesus' last words and testament, these words of institution, as you come even this Sunday to receive the body and blood of Christ, I want you to keep this in the back of your mind, that these words are everything regarding the Lord's sacrament of the altar. And that by knowing these words, committing them to your memory, meditating upon them, you can be confident in faith that you are truly receiving Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.